my name is William Del Pilar. And according to Jill Biden, you can call me Taco Rico. And I am here with my good friend, Big John. <laughs> How you doing, Big John? How's life? Oh, man, life is exciting right now. And it's also very busy. You know, we've got plenty of action going on here at Sports Grumblings. We're, we're becoming like a network for podcasts, slowly but surely. We're building towards that ultimate goal, William. We've got uh, points on the board. We've got you and your conservative cohorts over on Fired Up. Uh, I, I'm doing a little something called the big question with Big John, and we've become very big as a source of breaking news. You can find all of this on sportsgrumblings.com. So I'm excited. I'm super excited. We're busy. We're continuing to be busy, and we're looking to continue to grow, William. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, and it took two people to replace me the other night. <laughs> it did. Yeah. The other show, last episode, uh, I got to sit in the pilot seat for this episode, uh, for this uh, uh, show. And it was uh, a fun time. And we were uh, lucky to have the Velasco uh, clan, father and son, Big Daddy V. Dennis and his son Holden uh, talking NBA. And uh, that was a first for sports grumblings. We've had brothers. We've had uh, good friends. Father and son, this is, was a first for us. And it was a great show. Uh, if you haven't caught it yet, go back uh, to the site, sportsgrumblings.com. Look at the podcast page. Look at the points on the boards page specifically. And check out episode number 36, I believe. Uh, points on the board, the Velasco father-son team. It, it was a good one. Yeah, I, I got to, you know, for the audience out there, John's a great interviewer, though. I, I really, uh, I enjoy seeing you enjoy yourself with the big mm. questions with Big John. For, for the world out there, John and I have paid our dues. And <laughs> as y'all will discover who haven't quite done that yet, there's a lot of things you're going to do that you'll like, but it's a grind. So it's always fun right. to do something that you're actually passionate about. And, and, and I don't know if Big John's seen it yet, everybody, but... Uh, uh, I'm listening and working on some uh, uh, pages for the site, uh, for volunteers and podcasters. And down the road, we will be looking for a libertarian podcast to give that libertarian point of view. Uh, I'm a hardcore conservative with some libertarian beliefs, but I truly believe uh, as a conservative who believes in my ideology that uh, I can win the argument with truth and data. But I also believe part of winning that argument is making sure every angle is presented, whether right. it's liberal, a libertarian, uh, a conservative, or whatnot. So it, it's just fun to see you. And if you haven't seen the libertarian, and well, it's not libertarian interview, but, but John's interview with uh, Daniel, help me out here, John. Schmutter, Danny Schmutter. Uh, the libertarian lawyer, my kind of lawyer, because with law, I think, John, with law, I am very, very libertarian mm. because I believe in the Constitution. That's why right. I've mentioned it before. I may not like some of those decisions SCOTUS makes, but I grant grunt because I know it's based off the Constitution. Right. That's why I loathe the leftists because it's it's like, do y'all even know what the Constitution is? Y'all no, no, took they, a hand and swore to the Constitution. No. It, you know, it's like they just throw it out. And then you have the Justice Roberts. See, I'm going, I'm digressing already. I'm already getting angry. Yeah. <laughs> but we got a good show tonight. It's actually a lighthearted show, Big John. We're gonna talk football. Yes. The Baker Mayfield saga. We're a little late on it. We've been busy, but yeah. we want to put our two cents in. Sure. You know, going from Cleveland to Panthers. I think he went from one death camp to another death camp. I'm just not a Matt Ruel fan, <laughs> and I'm not a Ben McAdoo fan. Right. Ben McAdoo's big claim to fame is a failure as a New York Giants head coach, and yeah. his positive claim to fame is he worked with Aaron Rodgers. 
we see how how that's gone. He was brought in to replace Brady as offensive coordinator after he was fired. And yeah. uh, uh, I don't know. I'm just not impressed with the Panthers. I think QBs <laughs> go there and die. And as a next sailor, we are going to go cougar hunting with <sighs> Zach Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of the few times I can actually say the term mill without somebody giving me a derogatory look, you know? Uh, and then we're going to talk about Lamar Jackson mm-hmm. uh, being excluded from the top 10. Oh I've been goodness. having a little fun with that on Twitter. Big John, what are your initials? Before we get into it, uh, your one-sentence remark on it. What, what's your thoughts? BS on Lamar, or does he belong? On Lamar Jackson? Yeah. No, he's top 10. Yeah, no doubt. So I will, so, so as we're talking other topics, it's number three, keep glance at that top 10 list because I'm going to ask you, Big John, who would you remove from that top 10 sure, list? Absolutely. And who would Lamar fall? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And finally, with time permitting, it's not a big deal, but we're a political side as well. John, Big John's a libertarian. I'm a conservatarian. And uh, we're going to briefly talk about Starbucks closing 16 stores. And it's marvelous. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's magnificent. I, I don't mean any of that because people have lost jobs. Sure. But from a political purpose, I mean every word of that because it just validates and proves my beliefs of what works and doesn't work. And you fools out there who keep following those leftists expect more Starbucks type situations. Right. So there we have it, John. A uh, 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 great show. Uh, yes. Podcast points on the board. Let's get going with Baker Mayfield of the Panthers. Your Let's first thought when you finally heard that a trade was consummated. Well, look, we all knew it had to happen. So it wasn't a surprise that a trade was pulled off. And I think we've been saying for months since before the draft, since before the NFL draft, the Seahawks and the Panthers were the two most logical destinations for him. Right. The, the only question we had was two things. One, there were some who thought that because Deshaun Watson may still get a season-long suspension by the NFL, that would it have been in the Browns' interest to keep Mayfield on the roster? I think both you and I agreed, no, that's a horrible idea, even if Watson is out for the season. Because you can't hold on to Mayfield now. No matter what he says, he doesn't want to be there. You shouldn't have anybody... No cancers on your team. You got to get rid of them, whether it was his fault or not. So you're saying he would have been a cancer in the locker room, Mayfield, had he stuck around? Yeah, even if he wasn't anything proactive, like how can you stay on that team and not be a cancer? Do you know what I mean? Like, so I'm not even ascribing ill will or maliciousness to Baker Mayfield. I'm just saying, how can you spend all that time? No, And listen, the teammates aren't blind. They know the situation. They know that he was treated poorly. They know that they he put his body on the line for them last year, and they he got treated like crap. Okay, now it's a business. It happens. I get it. But that what's that guy supposed? To, what's Baker Mayfield supposed to do? Screw a smile onto his face and walk on the field? Look, it's not going to happen. Human nature, what it is. Um, now what's now what's interesting to me is the details of the deal. That essentially, the Panthers got him for nothing. <laughs> and like, so, so William, let me just go over the, the, the terms of the trade. Uh, the Browns ship Mayfield to the Panthers for a conditional 2024 pick. It's not even in next year's draft. It's two years from now. It's two drafts from now. And it's a conditional fourth round pick based on playing time this year. So it's a lot like the Wentz trade. If Mayfield plays in 70% of the snaps, the pick is a fourth round pick. If it's below 70% for any reason, uh, it's a fifth round pick. In John, a, yeah. 
Let me let's remind the audience Baker Mayfield was a 2018 overall number one pick. Yes, absolutely. So, what you have going on there is that Mayfield is going to go to the Panthers for for next to nothing in terms of draft compensation, draft pick compensation, but even more importantly, (laughs) of the roughly 18.8, I'm sorry, 10.5 million of his nearly $15 million guaranteed salary is being picked up by the Browns. Yeah. So the, the Panthers are only on the hook for, uh, to be precise, 4.85 million of his guaranteed money for the upcoming season. Now with incentives, he, the Panthers can, would have to dish out 18.8 million. So potentially, but in terms of guaranteed money, it's basically just a, a hair under five million. The rest right. of it is still being eaten in dead money by the Browns. So from from the Panthers' perspective, you get Baker Mayfield, the number one overall pick in 2018, to pair with the number three overall pick from 2018, Sam Darno, who is also on the squad. Right. Right. Now you're going to potentially have a competition there. I think we all know how that one turns out. It'll be Mayfield who wins. Well, but, but John, John, I mean, you're saying that quickly as if that's a given deal. Yeah. Uh, I don't see it as a given deal. Again, I think the Panthers is where some QBs are going to die right now. I'm not a right. Matt Rule defender. I, I, I research his background. Great records. The problem is when you're you're, you're the coach of Temple uh, or, or Baylor, you know, you, you're playing maybe one to three tough teams a year and you're able to pile it up. Sure. So my take on any coach in the NFL is you're qualified to be a coach in the NFL. I'm not going to argue that yeah. like morons do. You're an above average offense coordinator, head coach, etc. But that's kind of like where he's at and he's kind of been stuck. And, right. and his offensive coordinator, Ben McAdoo, is nothing impressive either. I so, never liked him. You know, so, so I'm looking at, and John, actually, uh, uh, let me interrupt myself. Do you have any insight on Ben McAdoo? I haven't been impressed. His big claim to fame is he worked with Aaron Rodgers. You saw him as a head coach of the oh, New York Giants. What did you ho- think? He was horrible. Listen, if nothing else, if the only thing he's remembered for in terms of his horribleness is that he broke Eli Manning's career That's start right. streak right. for no reason other than to say, let me see what Geno Smith has. And, and I agree with that, though, but I would have started, Eli, to keep the record going yeah. and then brought Gino in. You're, I forgot all about that. Yeah, it, it, that's all you need to know about him. That but Listen. The, the original point is this. Yeah. It's going to be a competition. I think yeah. if you, based on what we've seen today, uh, I would give the edge of Baker Mayfield. However, tell me the last time the New York Jets have had an actual successful quarterback outside of the uh, uh i forget their names but, but they're from the 90s they had a couple of good richard todd i mean he richard had a good yeah. year and then ken the o'brien who, ken o'brien ken o'brien there you go those two and, and and to me those were above par qbs but for some reason qbs go to die in new york and since then you guys have had nothing and if various coaches you know i think they had an ownership change between those years one but it's just you don't grow. You go there and you die. Then Darno was traded to the Panthers, who were pretty much the New York Jets, the Southern version. And so my point to you is, I'm, it, to me, it, it's not a given Mayfield's going to – they will give and they will say Mayfield won that match. But my point to you is that could create a locker room controversy. If it's a close competition – 
they come out of the gates, let's say at best 500, you know, you start winning, losing some games. How does that not become a locker room conflict? Then you have the number three quarter, the, the third round pick quarterback, Matt Corral there. Yeah, that's not going anywhere. That's not going anywhere. Listen, here's here's the thing. Here's the one thing, and William, you're usually the one who brings this up. Bottom line, who's a playoff caliber quarterback? Between oh, well, two. Baker Mayfield's won a playoff game. Done. That done. That's all you need to know. If if they are otherwise even, okay. Let's say the, the competition ends and they're even. You put Mayfield in under center because he has taken a team to the playoffs. He's taken a horrible, a historically horrible team to the playoffs. He took a team that hasn't won, that hadn't won a playoff game since 1994. And he won their first playoff game in, what is it? He won in 2020, right? So Uh, two years ago now. Yeah. So 2020, right? 2019, whatever it was. My point is, what are we talking about? 30 years <laughs> like they hadn't won a playoff game they beat big john uh what's the arch rivals the pittsburgh steelers. The steelers i was gonna say they beat the steelers so my point is if for no other reason mayfield's your guy he's a winner but for right. whatever other fault him being immature or whatever for whatever other fault he may have he at least has proven he's a winner and you can't argue that you know the Panthers or what? No, forget it. Mayfield's the guy. So unless Darno just has has gone to some quarterback guru and has learned the secrets of Joe Namath or whatever, he's not going to win that battle, in my opinion. Oh no, I, I agree with you, Big John. Like I said, Mayfield could go to the Namath camp of uh, of Hard Knocks and come out and beat Tom Brady, Terry Bradshaw, Joe Montana all in one. They are going to name Mayfield the starter, yeah. period. I yeah. agree with that. My issue is that's what they're going to do, but we've seen that happen in the past. I can't right. think of anybody specifically, but I do know when that's happened in the past and the chosen one falls on his feet sometime in season, it immediately creates the locker room issues because just because the coaches have anointed that does right. not mean that quarterback has earned the leadership title in that locker room oh, and the quarterback okay. is the leader and that's Agreed. my concern uh but but let's get back to McAdoo real quick yeah McAdoo was out of football the year uh uh uh, uh Mayfield and Darno uh, came out this is what he had to say about Baker Mayfield Bob McAdoo now the offensive coordinator for the Carolina Panthers on Baker Mayfield 2018 I didn't see a lot of pro style football in his college tape and if you're sure you have to be able to make up for it some way, somehow, and personality doesn't do that. I didn't think he was a great athlete. This guy is kind of like a pocket quarterback that is short with small hands. That's what I worry about. McAdoo had him ranked behind Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen, and Mason Rudolph. Now, the first two, okay. Now, this other three, Rosen's still in the league, but barely. Or he may, or no, he's a free agent right now. Yeah, Mason Rudolph is the backup who will be competing to start this year. I'll be quite honest. I would rank him right now, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, then Baker Mayfield. But May- yeah. Baker Mayfield will be closer to the Sam Darnold, Joseph Rosen, Rudolph, yeah. than Jackson or Allen. Well, uh, look. My point to you is, what do you make of that? I mean, he's going to Carolina, and they may not know each other, but he, McAdoo has pretty much publicly said, I don't think he's a great QB prospect. Right. You know? Well, he, he said that in 2018 you know so look uh, opinions can change 
I can tell you right now, his public opinion is going to change this year, right? Um, look, when Mayfield got taken by the Browns, number one overall, it was a shock. It was a yeah. huge shock because people expected Darno to go first. You know, that's, that's all there right. is to it. They expected Darno to go overall number one for the most part. But I could tell you right now, Mayfield was not looked at as the number one overall pick. That's why the Jets traded up to take Darno when uh, the Browns surprised people by taking Mayfield. So right. it's not like Mayfield came out being the consensus best quarterback in that class. And of course, there were those subsets of teams that thought Josh, A- Josh Allen was the number one uh, pick in that draft. I heard a lot of people, I, even the Giants, my Giants were saying, maybe we should draft Rosen. You know, he's one of those intellectual quarterbacks, very smart, whatever, whatever. Um, so I think, I think Rosen has become the, 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 the nightmare story for all young QBs. I mean, he was talented. I think, I think mentally he was with, with uh, uh, who's a kid out of Houston that we always talk about, uh, NFL analyst now, overall number one pick. Why am I drawing a blank here? Uh, his brother plays in the uh, car. Uh, David Carr. David Carr. I mean, I think, I think, I think Rosen fell the victim of David Carr. I think Darnold ha- is gonna may fall the victim uh, 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 of the David Carr syndrome, and uh, that concerns me for any QB on the Panthers. Uh, so that said, you think that McAdoo and and Mayfield will come together? I, I yes. think that too. Yeah. Uh, now they have weapons around them. Now, I don't think DJ Moore is a superstar. Everybody talks about him as a superstar because he performed pretty decently despite so many different quarterbacks. And I'm like, whatever, you know, that's just my take. It's like when you're the only option on the field. And the QB's well, he, he can perform. Let's put it right. that way. He can right, perform. Right, right, Exactly. I'm not knocking saying he, he isn't any good, but I'm like, superstar is really reaching. Yeah. Uh, I, look, uh, how many times can you use that word in a given league? So, exactly. you know, I mean, I get you. I think that whole offense actually boils down to McCaffrey if he can stay healthy or not, because he's arguably the league's best dual threat at the RB position for passing and receiving. When you he's know? healthy. And, and that's, that's, that was my next question. Yeah. He, people like, yeah, he was hurt last year. No, he's been hurt the last two years. Mm-hmm. You know, he's only 26. So physically he should start coming into his own and be entering his prime. So I think that'll help. They have an improved offensive line, but honestly, you tell me, you tell me, you follow it more closely than I do now, but I think he's leaving a better football team in the Browns and going to a lesser team in the Panthers. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. Especially the one he had with the Browns, you know, like even, even if, you know, so if you look at last year's Browns team, uh, and this year's Panthers team, he had a much better team. He had two, two top quality running backs. And he in Cleveland, he wasn't expected to be the savior. He was expected not to screw things up, right? That was the expectation of Mayfield. Like he wasn't going, he wasn't supposed to win games with his arm. On a side note here, before we leave it, move on. Sean Watson, it's his job now. He's under a lot of scrutiny. Uh, you know, his suspension announcement is going to come out soon. Somebody's leaked that they're hearing six to eight. I think that's BS. I worked with reporters. I worked in that insider game. I know how it works. So unless somebody from that judge's office came out and said that, which is very unlikely in that type of situation, odds are they're just making crap up. And you know what's sad, John? 
I, I work with reporters from 96 until uh, I left the industry. And I have never put it past reporters to sit there and just flat out lie and say a source is Well, sure. Uh, look, I mean, when yeah. we talked about that, when we were talking about Watson a couple of shows ago, you, you asked me, like, what do you think he might get and what, what should he get and what he might get? And I said, he should probably he should probably lose eight games as things stood at that point. And I said, but they'll probably suspend them for the season. So it doesn't surprise me eight games. So my question to you then is guarantee contract, tons of negativity. It yeah. has split the Browns fans in half. Women are against him. Oh, worse should, than in half, yeah. it's his job. It's going to be remain his job. Sure. But from a fan's perspective and from the – because now Browns fans are probably – and the Packers fans are probably the two most onerous fans in the NFL. Uh, how long a leash do you think he has? What I'm asking is the moment he falters with all this baggage, are they just going to dump on him or are the Browns fans willing to give him a year and, and, and to win them over? Look, just like with any loyal fan base, when you get a superstar player like that, you have some sort of um, leash, right? The problem with Watson is if he comes in on the and look in football fans, especially Cleveland fans, aren't stupid fans, and they're blue collar. You know, there's that <laughs> image of the blue collar dog pound. You know, um, to some extent, you're right. The a lot of their fan base is alienated, not just women, by the way. I think I mentioned a lot of times our, our friend Gary Davenport, a really good fantasy and NFL writer. He writes for numerous publications. Lifelong Browns fan has renounced his Browns uh, following. Oh, he's, wow. he's like, I'm becoming a Bengals fan. I, I will not on principle root for the Browns anymore. And I'm one of those long suffering Browns fans. Okay. So it's not just women necessarily, but, you know, but my point is that, not only is the baggage of the character involved, it's that onerous contract. You're right. That contract is so team unfriendly that unless they can get out of it by some weird clause, to have an entire contract of that length fully guaranteed, to me, is just as nutty as when Ricky Williams signed his all incentive contract, right? I mean, yeah. that was bad for the player. This one's bad for the team, right? So, right. So the, he will have a sort of leash. They've kind of been priming the pump for the fans to say he's not going to be available in 2022. You kind of get that sense, right? Well, like the contract been, alone gives that away. Right. And also that's why they're sort of like, they've been telling people, oh yeah, we're, we've got a plan. We kind of knew he might not be available, right? Here's the difference though. Unlike Baker Mayfield, Deshaun Watson can put a team on his shoulders and carry them to wins. Like, so whereas- oh, I, I, I don't know about that. No, I think a playoff game in Houston, but 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 that's just that we've got five seasons, John, or what, three, four, five seasons is what, 16 games in the season, and he's averaging 17, about 10. 17. Oh, 17, 17, 17. He's averaging about 10 games a season. His record, 3-3, 11, 5, 10, 5, 4, 12. He played 16 full games and 4-12 as a starter, 15. My point to you is not to sit there and push back and say you're wrong. It's like I can see that based off his talent but he's yet to actually do it. You know, one yeah, playoff victory is not putting the team on your back and taking them to the promised land. No, but given the, the, the nature of those Houston teams, right? No, Brian Hoyer took him to the playoffs and so did somebody else. Bill O'Brien for as much of a bad general manager he was. Oh, he was a good coach. He was yeah, a good coach, he a good but he was a bad, coach. he was a bad GM. <laughs> but, but let's, let's put it this way. 
there's no way you would sit there and tell me you'd rather have Baker Mayfield instead of Deshaun Watson, just on pure talent and pure ability. Oh, correct. Uh, correct. Right. Correct. So, and whereas I think you and I can both agree that right as of now, there's nothing Baker Mayfield has done that has shown me he can carry, he can take a team on his own to the playoffs. Whereas. Yeah, you're right. No, I can't argue. Right? Well, hold on. I mean, he had, I mean, that Pittsburgh game uh, uh, said a lot and then he got injured early in the season. So I would, I would push back and just say, I agree with you today, but I'm willing to hold the jury out still. Right. I'm saying as of today, I, uh, we're not talking, right. But Deshaun Watson, you can't sit there and tell me that if you're just on football, forget the other baggage, just on football, you have to be a lot more excited about what, by what you've seen Watson do as opposed to what you've seen Mayfield do on the NFL. I agree, I agree John. My so, concern with Watson is he's starting to get past the age where he can look, see no receiver, and run. As you get older, it takes oh, longer to agree, heal. Agree. It's her. So – He's been out of football, so he's got to relearn a lot of skills. Oh, people are going to argue, what are you talking about? He's his, his entire life. The NFL is different. Even moving from one conference to another conference or one division to another division, because teams tend to build themselves uh, 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 to beat the best team in their division so they can capture that division crown. But you, know you know what the analogy I like to use, William, to people who say that is? That's like saying a boxer who's never been in the ring and gotten hit it's okay. He shadow boxes really well. Exactly. You can't, unless you go in a ring and get punched in the face. What was that Mike Tyson used to say? Everybody's going to plan until you get punched in the mouth. You know, it's like, you know, it's the same thing. Like until you get on the football field, take some hits under game conditions, get not get punched in your mouth and you have to pick yourself up and lead your team down the field. You, you can practice all you want. You can do all the scrimmages you want. You could do all the working out in the gym you want. It's not the same. Um, just what was that? There's another famous saying, right? Like, oh, that guy lifts a lot of weights. He goes, and my thing used to be, yeah, but weights don't hit back. When I used yeah, to wrestle, I, I, no, weights I had don't a hit friend. back. Yeah. I had a friend who got in a fight with a weightlifter. The weightlifter was twice his size, and my friend beat the hell out of him. He was yeah. a wrestler. And he looked at, the guy's on the ground. And we, we were like <laughs> just out of high school. And he goes, lifting weights doesn't mean you know how to fight, brother. Yeah, yeah. weights don't hit back. That's the, that's the old line. Weights don't hit back, you know? Yeah. So, so anyway, so my point is that Watson, you're, that's a great point. If you go back and look at all the superstars who either held out or were suspended for a full season and then came back the following season, they, it, the only one I could think of that did that successfully was Eric Dickerson. He's the only guy I could think of that comes to mind. When you think of someone like Mark Haynes, a great all pro cornerback yeah. sat out, sat out in the contract, came back, was never the same. Yeah. It was never the yeah. same. Uh, He's coming from a, I mean, he has that torn ACL too. So it's not like, no, and for the audience, don't get me wrong. I believe Watson hundred percent healthy. I mean, I'm going to take him before I take a lot of QBs in this yeah. league. Yeah. But at the end of the day, we're talking on talent and glimpses of superstardom. He hasn't done anything consistently over the years. Uh, the question of putting a team on his back, I challenge that only because Bill O'Brien was able to take other teams without Deshaun Watson and uh, lesser quality QBs to the playoffs. So, so to me, the jury is still out. Right. Thus, that was my question. How much uh, uh, of a leash the, do the fans give him? I, before we move on, my final comment on this is, if he falls on his face and just doesn't produce it, he, he's not going to be a bust. 
but his expectations are Super Bowl or bust. So anything less sure. will be seen as a failure. Yeah. And if they don't hit that window in one to two years, that's going to really deflate the team and the fan base. And that's a five-year guaranteed contract. They can't get rid of the player. And, you know, what I'm saying is there's so many potential pitfalls. To me, it, this is the Cleveland Browns being the typical incompetent losing Cleveland Browns with business decisions. Right. Not on Deshaun Watson, because we would have done the same thing if we were Deshaun Watson, but on the Browns. Oh, Mark. look, you can't no. fault Watson in this. No. I, I, no. But to the Browns, it, you know what they did? They signed up. If I can be blunt, they signed up for a five-year marriage minimum to a hoe with no prenup. That's what they've done. There's no prenup in this. The only way they could get rid of them and not eat all that money is if they convince someone to take them in the trade. That's the <laughs> only way they could accomplish it, right? And the final caveat is, is every leftist and every libertarian's dream if we were political. Watson, they started his Wikipedia. Watson is a Christian. <laughs> <laughs> All glory to Jesus. Oh, well, well, hold on. Now, Watson, you know, good Christians want happy endings for everybody, right? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, Big John, let's move on to another say the rest topic. Sure. And that is MILFs. For mm. the broad out there, a MILF means mother, I'd like to, you F. can fill in the rest. F, just F. You could say yeah. F. Mothers, I'd like, yeah. So uh, uh, that, that term was not around when we were kids, uh, despite the, the what was that, that a great movie? Uh, American Pie. Uh, no, no, it wasn't The Graduate. The Graduate had that concept. Yeah. But the first time I heard that term was in, um, uh, was it um, American Pie? Was that the name of it? Is that uh, where I was in the Navy at the time? And that's no, that's the I one with Stifler's mom yeah, and all that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, Stifler's mom. And, like, that was exactly. that, the, the guy who was in Harold and Kumar, uh, the Asian guy who, yeah. who was also the actor in Harold and Kumar, he was staring at a portrait of Stifler's mom and goes, dude, that's a MILF. And somebody said, what's a MILF? He goes, mom, I'd like the F, you know. That's the first time I ever heard that. So uh, it's a relatively, to me, it's a new term, but I, I guess that movie is close to 20 years old now too, right? The, right, right, right. And The Graduate's like 40 or 50. Oh, the forget guy, The Graduate. The graduate, yeah, the graduate. Dustin Hoffman. But The Graduate is more true than Stifler's mom. Yeah. So like the graduate came out in 1968. So that's that's Dustin Hoffman. So that's like what 50 53 years ago. So yeah, yeah you're the right. The point is and bankrupt the young man, the young stud, and the older woman. The reason right. I laugh is that was my life for many years, and I loved it. You know, as a sailor, you know, it's it's and I'm not saying it in a, in, in, in a derogatory way, it's just that's part of life. So when I saw this story of Zach Wilson, I just started laughing. And for those who may not be aware, Zach Wilson has been accused of sleeping with one of his mom's best friends. Zach Wilson, first of all, is the quarterback of the New York Jets. Uh, well, that should tell you everything about his upcoming future. <laughs> but back in January, him and his longtime high school girlfriend uh, broke up and they scrubbed, they, they scrubbed each other from, from a, uh, their Instagram, and I guess Abby Guile. Okay, that's okay. your name. Yeah. Okay, so so they broke up, and then Wilson's bestie. Uh, do guys have besties? I've never had a bestie. No. So be so the, he, when you read it in the rags, they'll say he was his BFF, you know. But yeah. forget that they were college roommates. Right. At, at uh, was it Boise State? Uh, so, no, no, Brigham Young. Uh, Brigham Young. Yeah. Yeah. 
I'm sorry, Brigham Young. So they were already uh, right because the Brigham Young team name is Cougars. So that yeah. kind of fits into this too. Now that I think about it, I was it. waiting for you. To yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, but you're right. So, the, so here, here's what I take away from all this. Right, this has become a soap opera. This is like TMZ fodder, start to finish. Oh, right, right. But hold on. Yeah. Uh, what happened was the roommate came out publicly with the uh, w- w- with the fact that they were dating. That kind of made it awkward. Me, so then- Wilson's, yeah, so the timeline, because this gets confusing, right? The timeline is Wilson's girlfriend, let's use her first name, Abby here, um, accused Wilson of sleeping with his mom's one of his mom's best friends didn't name anybody and again we have to stress this is her allegation no one else has confirmed it wilson has not admitted to it the the older lady has not admitted to it this is the ex-girlfriend's allegation all right oh but john did you see wilson's comeback today he wilson was silent until today or yesterday and uh uh he I mean, this is what makes it so great. And kudos to Wilson, whether it's a PR guy right. or, or himself, he come out, he, he come out. He, he came, came out. out yeah. he, come out, man. He, came he, out. he came out on his Instagram and said, took the boys to at some ranch club, took the boys yeah. to the ranch club in Idaho before camp. Poor cell service. What I miss, you know, because <laughs> he's been silent. That's, that's, that's actually, that's a great way to handle it, like self-deprecation and, and acknowledging that there's something out there. So I get, I do give him kudos on that. Oh, oh, one more point, Big John. Yeah. Now the mother's nonstop talking. She loves her son. When this came out, she went social media silent. And so, she's got a big, She's she was a social media influencer even before he got drafted. So she had a following on Instagram okay. and whatever, even beforehand. So she's already got a megaphone, right? John, John, many people thought she was his older sister on draft day. You, yeah. Many, 99% of America would probably say Zach Wilson's mother is a? Milf. There you go. Listen, man, the one thing that hits you very starkly when you look into this is when you see a picture of any of the women involved in this story, they're all dime pieces at various ages, right? So Mrs. Wilson, the mother, is a very attractive woman. And I'm assuming she's somewhere near our age, just from what I could tell. I would say probably late 40s. Late 40s, maybe touching 50. Yeah. Yeah. So gorgeous woman, I would say, in my opinion. Then you look at the girlfriend that's all upset and bouncing between Zach Wilson and his roommate right now, right? Because now she's with uh, the guy's name. He actually is a wide receiver for the commanders. His name right. is uh, Milne, yep. Dax Milne. I hope I'm yep. pronouncing that right because I never heard of this guy before this. Um, now, she's supposedly with him, right? So right. now you've got, so you've got this weird drama where the one, and by the way, if you ever see a picture of her, I think most men would agree. She's like a 9.5 out of 10, you know, she's, <laughs> she's smoking hot. Maybe not that Latina smoking hot that you might appreciate, but like. Well, John, I'll be honest. Most white American males <laughs> do not appreciate the Latino or black male fantasy wow. right yeah yeah exactly yeah, yeah. yeah. we love him big and good yeah. <laughs> she's, she's gorgeous anyway so anyway my point being is that this has a built-in soap factor uh, soap opera factor built into it right now right. at the end of the day other than this just being interesting for us to joke about um this means nothing right um 
but you have to you have to sit there and say to yourself like Zach Wilson is a bit of a player like he comes off like you might get the impression that he's some kind of uptight Mormon or something but coming from BYU but I mean you bring up a great point and everybody can relate to this especially a nerdy guy so for example I was into music I was one of the best trumpet players in the state of North Carolina at one time oh okay and uh, uh, people always respected me because I had achieved an extra plateau to, sure. to notoriety. I mean, no, 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 he's not, he's not just, he's good. Right. But whereas my peers, ah, oh, they're in bed, ah, oh, you know. So, so what I'm saying is Zach Wilson was seen as this pretty boy, all American. He wasn't taken seriously. He was on the Jets, didn't have a great season. This, it, it, it's terrible, but this is true. This incident has up his street cred amongst all cultures because Latinos and Blacks look at something like Zach Wilson. Oh yeah, man, boy, yeah. Oh, oh, did da, you da. did you see some of the tweets? Like Chad exactly. Johnson, Chad Johnson tweeted at him. He goes, uh, "Zach Wilson, the goat." Exactly, and that's my point. The street cred. So now instead of people looking at him, laughing at him, it, it's terrible to say, but they respect him now. Now here's the kicker. The girl who tweeted that out was too ignorant. Again, this is what I look at politically. Right. I'm not comparing politically, but in political circles, a lot of issues, I'm like, you have no clue. You don't know what exists in that world. She had no clue that it would backfire on her. And she had to delete her account. Staff. She deleted her IG account. Because, oh, uh, yeah, because I guess she was getting too much grief or she couldn't take it. Yeah, like DK Metcalf, I think, tweeted out something like, you go, boy, or something like that. Or, you know, like, so, like, I mean, look listen. at us. We're laughing gleefully, like, oh. yeah, baby. It's kind of like in high school, as, as a 16 year old kid, if the hot teacher came on to us, we wouldn't react like society does when it's a male on a female. It's like, you go, dude. A father, that's my boy. You know, yeah, I'm not exactly. saying this is right, society. But I'm saying this is how it is. You are 100% correct. I was just about to use that example. Like when a male teacher uh, has a relationship with a female student, it's considered like heinous, right? Right. When well, it fe- is heinous. <laughs> yeah. Well, in either direction, it's heinous because it's, oh, right, right, it's right, an right. adult taking advantage of an underage, uh, exactly. of taking advantage of a minor. Let's put it like exactly. that. Um, but when a woman does it, that sort of perception is lessened because the males that are so when a male teacher does it with a female student both genders are like that is messed up put an end to it right that's predatory behavior when a female teacher does it to a male student it seems like only one gender responds negatively right the females are like man that's horrible she took advantage she's a predator meanwhile all the males are like man where were these predators when i was around exactly. you know and like John, it's also reflected I, I remember reading two articles on it that the women get sentenced the women teachers get sentenced lesser than the yeah. male teacher so it's not just what we're saying but society itself bears this bears yeah this it's, it's so. not and again please don't send us emails or leave comments that you guys have a double standard. Yes, we do. We, we acknowledge it's a, it's, a, it's a complete double standard, but you know what? In sometimes in life, you just have to admit there's double standards and you may work to change them, but it's still a double standard, you know? So to the, to your point, she didn't understand that she would get zero sympathy in the NFL community by making this public. First of all, Let's let's face it. 
we'd like well, to think that her allegation is true just because it's interesting. But here's what she said. Wilson was sleeping with his mom's best friend. That's the real homie hopper. She was trying to be stick, you know, uh, what's this, her chick? How do you say that? 70s term? Uh, shtick. Yeah, but uh, 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 it's just backward. No, John, you are absolutely right with all this. We're not saying it's, it's right. But what people don't understand in this tribalistic nation we now live in, where where Zach Wilson was pretty much relegated to the white man's world in terms of how people were viewing him right. culturally, things like that. He's now transcended it all and is now seen as the GOAT. There was a Twitter uh, a thing. It was showing this guy oh, just running as fast as he could. And somebody tweeted, Tom Brady, when he finding out his wife, well, I can't remember her name. Oh, uh, Giselle. Finding out Giselle is friends with Zach Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just, I'm laughing at it because yeah. people, there are 10 billion more important things Absolutely. in life. This Absolutely. is just a fun time. This is part of growing up. This yeah. is part of the manhood the, the, of what males go through in fantasies and reality Look, for, and growing as a person. Yeah. And yeah. Honestly, for you men out there our age, I am 55. I do not look it. When I went back home, I'm not I have no shame in saying I was hit on by a lot of girls who I grew up with and all that because they were miserable with their two-minute husbands. Mm. I'm not saying that to brag. I'm saying that to you guys. When you look in the mirror and you see that fat ass and you think you look good, uh-uh. Your wife is asking for something else. So make sure you treat your woman well and you appreciate her. Because if you don't, I will tell you, she will go out there and stray. And my first experience at my very first command in the United States Navy at a at an on base bar, I forget what they call them. I I'm like, damn, look at all these women. And then my friend said, dude, the carrier just left. What he was saying is the aircraft carrier had just left for six all, months. All the Two husbands were gone. All those wives were, and I got hit on. I didn't realize that she was married until I looked at her hand and she had taken her ring off. Right, and you saw, line. yeah, you saw the tan yeah. line, right? And John, I say this proudly. Uh, uh, sometime later. I was hit on and picked and chosen to be the final man for that woman at her bachelorette party. You know what I did? I got in a cab with her, got her address from her purse, took her home. You're yeah. a gentleman. You know, I, she, was, she was so hammered. I mean, I mean you're, 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 you're a gentleman. I never did that. Uh, like in my days on Wall Street, the interesting thing was the thing that was guaranteed to get you some tail was to wear a wedding ring. No, even oh, if you yeah, weren't, yeah, even if right, you weren't, even right. if you weren't married, like I can't tell you, I would put on the black band, and I couldn't tell you how many women I wouldn't even have to work hard. And I'm not a good-looking guy. I mean, I'm, I wasn't as fat as I am now back then, right? So I was a little bit more in shape. But I, but like basically, what you see is what you had back then. And me and my boys after work, day of trading or whatever, we'd go out to the bars, the Wall Street bars. All you have to do is sit at the bar. I guarantee within 10, 15 minutes, some chick would come up, start talking to you. And you would flash the ring just to see what she was about, fake or not. And I got to tell you. And then the funny part was my wife will tell you, after we were got married, I was still working on Wall Street, went to the bar. Some chick just plopped into my lap. Turned out she was an actress from a soap opera. Just happened into the bar because we were near 30 Rock. And um, 
some people would recognize her just fell into my lap and just started like whatever with me and i actually told her i said look look i just got married right and someone in, among my boys thought it was a good idea to start taking pictures so he could send them to my wife so when she got them she was like what the hell is this and i'm like well this is what happened and she goes she understood like believe it or not thank god my wife is very understanding she was just like yeah i could see it i could see it not because you're handsome or anything <laughs> she goes but i could see because women are have that at some age where they're like yeah i can mess around with a married man because he's safe so to your point it's like yeah when all those husbands left on the carrier you may have been the only one around but you know what really would have been a treat for those women married men because they would it, it's sort of like mutually assured destruction if yeah, she yeah. wants if, if they want to keep their right if they want to keep a secret who better that's why that what was that uh website Ma ashley madison like they were open like we are the website for infidelity they advertised that way were they, they still around i don't know they had a data breach yeah, 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 yeah. i remember in fact that's where they caught uh biden's kid not hunter but the other one yeah but what's what's safer than to know that you're among cheaters? Like if everyone's cheating, it's mutually assured destruction. If you oh, come, yeah. if you come and call me at home, guess what, lady, your husband's gonna find out too. So we're not gonna mess up each other's stuff, right? Because we're doing this on the D-Lo. So anyway, sidetrack. But it's interesting that you well, kind no, of phrase it that way. It's true. It's and the reason I'm laughing and having a good time with this is I was living large as a single man, not financially, but I was the, I'm five, seven, uh, I'm not ugly, but you know, but all my military travels were to Spanish speaking countries. There you go. And being fluent in Spanish, a guy could look like Adonis, but if he didn't speak Spanish, that chick was coming to me. Why? I was a ticket to the States, you know? And I'm proud to say I never used or abused anybody but I had a lot of fun. That you're willing to talk about. <laughs> exactly. There you go. There you go. So, so I think this is a, a non-story yeah. uh, for the world. But in all seriousness, I'm sorry, in all seriousness, this is a devastating story for Zach Wilson in terms of the moment he's, when this story came out, it's kind of like when you're late, when you're like, you're supposed to be in at 11 and it's four in the morning, you know, or, or, or your parents open the door and there's a girl in your room. You know, it, it's one of those things. When this story came out, I can imagine him opening the door to the house and the parents sitting there like a, 12, you know, waiting for him like a 12 year old child. Right. So for him, it may have had personal ramifications that he'll get over and they'll deal with. But at the end of the day, it's just, to me, a fun non-story that right. we get to play with. Oh, William, you're so mean. These are humans. Yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> and you know, I'll let you have the final word there, Big John. No, I agree. This was this was just a distraction. It's something for us to laugh at and giggle at. But uh, like like you said, what, what's the big deal? Like it, like you said, it's not like it hurts his marketability. It's oh not God. like Zach. It's not like Zach Wilson's marketability is hurt here. Uh, let's be honest. Even if so, and again, none of this is proven, right? We're, <laughs> it's an allegation. So you, you know, do you think his jersey sales will jack up? I think as soon yeah. as it sells, I think so as well. Yeah. All right, John. I don't have it in front of me. I got to dig it up, and I can in a couple of seconds. Yeah. But let's move on to our next topic in Lamar Jackson. I've been yeah. having fun with Lamar Jackson. 
I think Lamar Jackson is a special player. I yes. love Jam- Lamar. I love and hate Lamar Jackson because I'm not a Ravens fan, but I love Lamar Jackson because right. he goes to his own beat. Agreed. And- He's a good, he's a God-fearing Christian. He's not a Deshaun Watson Christian. He's, he's well, that we know of. But to me, he's that God-fearing Christian who wears it on his sleeve, remain, uh, sticks to who he is. And not only that, he's the epitome of a role model. He'll come out and say, I got to work on this. Then he'll go out and work on it. He's, he's a good kid. He's a good kid. Every yeah. year, professionally and personally. Yep. I just love him to death. Yeah. So I've been having fun because he's not listed as a top 10 quarterback uh, by NFL executives, analysts, scouts, yeah. etc. He was out of the top 10 list. Top 10 list. If you had that top 10 list, yeah, I do. read it out. Uh, sure. and, and, and I guess started out from the 10 to number one. If you want, if you, you, want, want to do it, you want to do a countdown style. All right. Exactly. And then we'll All talk right. about where does he belong and who do you bump? Right. So starting out, uh, like you said, this was a list of NFL executives. It starts out with Dak, Pro- Dak Prescott at number 10, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, Justin Herbert, uh, Matt Stafford, Joe Burrow, Tom Brady, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Now, that's a great list. And by the way, I'm assuming this all has to do with physical gifts because obviously if you're talking about winners and losers, Brady, anything other than number one, which does not make sense. Let me interrupt you. That's the problem. Nobody knows exactly what the criteria is. And and to me, that's why I find all this laughable. It pretty much is based off opinions because when somebody throws out the stats, all I'm going to say is Tom Brady seven rings or is it six or seven whatever i've lost count there's so many you know right. joe montana four rings terry bradshaw four rings and terry bradshaw doesn't have the numbers but i guarantee you dan fouts and dan marino will trade every record they've broken absolutely one of those rings absolutely. so that so, so to your point is uh you're already getting off on the wrong foot because it's opinion don't you think yeah look it's a subjective list because if you wanted to do it in any sort of analytical way is you come up with a metric, whether it's quarterback rating, whether it's something from the guys over at Pro Football Focus, you know, because they have all the advanced analytics and everything. You get maybe that that chick from NFL Network, uh, Cynthia Froyland, to come and give you some sort of metric. But that's not what this was, because there's no numbers a- alongside these names. So this was just an opinion poll, like who are the top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL? Now you, be- now you said, well, listen, if... Um, Lamar Jackson, which shocks me, by the way, that he's not here under any sort of circumstance. Who would I kick off this list? I can tell you right now, Deshaun Watson doesn't need to be on this list after being out of football for a year and probably not playing this year. So I don't know how he even sneaks in at number nine ahead of Lamar Jackson. Dak Prescott is another one. Good quarterback. Would I keep him in the top 10? No, he's not. He's never won a playoff game, I don't think, with the Cowboys. So why are we why are we considering him in there? Wilson deserves to be in there. I think Justin Herbert deserves to be in there. Matt Stafford, I think that's just Nothing. recent memory. He's a exactly. great quarterback, but it's recent memory. He's the Super Bowl winner, so I guess people feel almost uh, obligated to include him in there. Joe Burrow, I think he's – I said it from the moment he was drafted. I think he has the it factor. It was a shame that his career got delayed when he got hurt in, in his rookie season. But the kid showed me a lot this year, taking the Bengals to the Super Bowl. I think he's a leader. I think he's got the physical tools. So I, I, I have no problem with Joe Burrow. Tom Brady, I do, obviously. I, do. I do? got the problem that he looks too much like Macaulay Culkin. 
<laughs> well, yeah, if we're using subjective criteria, I guess you could use that. Yeah, uh, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm uh, sorry. No, Brady obviously belongs there. Josh Allen belongs no, there. No, Brady is number four now. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, forget the rankings. Like, Brady deserves to be on there no matter no, what. No, no, but I'm asking you, do, do you agree with Brady number four? Basically, look, we don't know what the criteria was. Right. So you're able to use the Big John criteria. Is that where Brady belongs for Big John at number four? Maybe, honestly, two or three. Only for one reason. Only for one reason. He's old. And I know he keeps no, no, doing I it every that. year. John, Tom, I, I'm confusing my name, John yeah. Tom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess, let me boil it down this way, because I, I want to hear the rest. But yeah. I'm just stuck at Brady number four is, yeah. out of those 10 quarterbacks, who do you want? Honestly, Patrick Mahomes or okay. Josh Allen. Okay. One of those All two. Right. Okay. Like, if the question is phrased like this, if you had to pick one quarterback to start your franchise with right now, who would it be? If you're asking me that type of question, it would no, be No, no, no. I'm just asking you at, at the 10 quarterbacks listed here. I've got one season, one, one quarterback. Season, no matter how old they are. No, what I'm saying is, out of this top 10, Brady at his height. Mahomes at his height. And he's, his height is still being ridden. Yeah. You know, same thing with Watson. And even Prescott. You know, whatever, and Aber, it was, so we haven't seen their full potential yet. It, well, let me rephrase that. They ha- they still have the opportunity to showcase greater right. potential. But that said, uh, 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 your one quarter. You know what, Big John? Let's hold off on your answer. Finish with the the, the breakdown. Right. So Brady's in number four. Josh Allen number three. Pat Mahomes two. Aaron Rodgers one. So out of those ten, uh, 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 well, before uh, four through one, any issues with that? Those rankings? I don't think Rodgers should be one. Guys, I don't okay. think. So. So why is that though? Physically, I would agree with you, but like we've said often enough, like he's he's awesome in the regular season, a dud in the, and I don't care how well he's thrown or how many yards he's thrown for. At the end of the day, he doesn't win playoff games. That's right. And I, I understand he doesn't play defense. I get that, um, but you know what? You can't complain because all those Packer teams were essentially his design. Well, so, and it's not just that. It's it's Pete, you know, you're absolutely right. But when people say that, I get a little angry because I'm like, yeah, and he could have thrown the receiver 20 yards downfield instead of puckering up and, and, and dumping it to the tight end on various plays. You know, what I'm saying is with Aaron Rodgers, what I see is somebody just puckering up as puckering up can be with fear. He doesn't want to make the mistake and they lose. Prove me wrong. You can't, not you. I mean, the yeah. audience, prove me wrong. You can't because at the end of the day, it's the records that matter. Now, some of it hasn't been his fault, meaning that that Seattle Seahawks debacle. But that said, people forget they had a chance to come back at the end. You know, it did go to overtime, just like the Falcons yeah. with the with the Patriots. People forget, you know, they had to come back and the offense stalled. So my point is that it's, it's we can make every excuse for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, but at the end of the day, he has shown us the lack of an ability to carry a team. And to yeah. me, when you talk greatness, you, uh, that's part of greatness. So, for example, I'm a huge Terry Bradshaw football fan. I think he, uh, I, I've, I've lost interest in him since his, he showed that, that he can't spell C a cat if you spot him the C and a T when it came to COVID. Mm. And, and, and I, I remember it. But that's another story. My point being is I never considered – Terry Bradshaw as a player who was capable of putting a team on his back. 
but he has four Super Bowls undefeated because Troy Aikman's the same way. These are quarterbacks that belong in the Hall of Fame. They earned everything they got in, but they were part of the ultimate team, meaning mm. it was truly a team. And Aaron Rodgers can't even get to that level. No. Uh, and and yeah. I think his playoff record uh, indicates that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%, and that's why I wouldn't put him at number one. And again, especially since there's no criteria. Now, are you going by strongest arm? Are you going by hardest to tackle? Are We're going by winning. No, I a understand winner, that. Winner. I'm saying, though, if you carved up this list in a different way, somehow you might find a way to make Aaron Rodgers number one. But I'm oh, saying yeah. Yeah. just overall, no. The perfect analogy, say, to a baseball player when I think of Rodgers is someone like A-Rod, Alex Rodriguez. During the regular season, the guy put up monster numbers, but I think... Yeah, 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 that's an unfair comparison because A-Rod was a, a roid user. <laughs> yeah, but but I'm saying when it came to the playoffs, it disappeared. Oh, unlike, yeah, yeah. unlike Reggie Jackson, who was Mr. October, right? October. So, oh, I hated right? Reggie when it came to the Dodgers. Yeah. Not one, but two World Series. <laughs> but my point is, it's, it's sort of the same analogy, right? Like Aaron Rodgers, during the regular season, you always see those uh, back before the 17-game schedule. You would see 11-5 and five records, 12-4 and four records, 13-3 and three records. Come playoff, one and done. Yeah. One and done. Yeah. One and done. Except for the one Super Bowl, right? But, I mean, my point being is, like, with Aaron Rodgers, you wrote an article about this, which was actually a great article. With the Packers designed to take advantage of all his skill sets to come away with one ring. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Crime against humanity. Crime against humanity. When you look at Brady, who, when he, especially early on in that Patriots run, he won with different types of offenses. One was a running offense. One was with Randy Moss, bombs away offense. Then, like with Randy Moss, people forgot he threw 50 touchdowns in the season. Nobody thought Brady had that type of arm, that type of resilience as a passer, right? They, we all knew he was smart. We all knew he made the right decisions. He was a winner. He was competitive. Uh, anybody who says they expect him to throw 50 touchdowns that season is out of their mind. They're liars. No. No, right. Brady has proven. I always thought, and I would still say Brady's more of a game manager than anything. Yeah, but he probably. has proven that when the spotlight is on him, he can come through. He can answer uh, the call. Gets more credit than he deserves because I think those were truly some great teams. Yes. Molded together by the coaching staff. And what people fail to realize is in some of those Super Bowl wins, if you look at their season, the running game was not one of their strongest points. But come playoff time, that running game was chugging. And that was a planned uh, strategy in terms of what uh, Belichick and McDaniels and, and whoever else was there. And Brady was an important component. I'm not taking anything away from Brady, but I'm trying to say a truly a team concept. Uh, Matt Castle kind of showed that team concept when they were able to, to, to keep winning with him. Again, out of that top 10 list, I would take Brady because when I look at a top, uh, 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 when I look at breaking it down, I don't look at just the stats. I look at the salary cap, the coaching staff. But more importantly, I looked at how much of a team player Tom Brady was willing to be by not having to be the most, the, the highest paid player. That's one reason Peyton Manning is one in what, two and one in Super Bowls. And, and to me, he's lucky he got the two to the final two Super Bowls. He could, and that's the other thing. Brady left one all his Super Bowls with one team, then went and instantly transformed another one to a Super Bowl winner. Not even, it took it took the defense of the Denver Broncos to carry. Peyton Manning to, to a, a second to, to a, a second, second ring yeah because when they counted on Manning the Seahawks destroyed him because he was predictable to them 
Yeah. No, I listen, I, I, I get all that. And, and it'll, it'll sound like we're diminishing some of the greatest quarterbacks to play the game. We're really not. But looking at this, like I said, first of all, you could replace Dak Prescott, Deshaun Watson, Matthew Stafford with um, Lamar Jackson easily. Easily. And even Joe Burrow to an extent, because we don't, we haven't seen it. I mean, have we truly seen enough of him yet? I, I, I would say uh, what we've seen so far, I think he's probably in the top 10. Again, because my, part of my criteria here is I'm also looking at their age. Burrow is only going to get better, right? Unless he gets hurt. He's only going to get better. Same thing for Justin Herbert. Herbert hasn't won anything, but show me one one person in California that isn't super jacked for having Justin Herbert on the Chargers. Well, but, but the thing with Justin Herbert, same thing with Lamar. See, I would put uh, the... I don't have a list. I'm looking at this list. The top four, I'm not going to argue, but Lamar Jackson could fit anywhere from five through 10. Uh, agreed. Any, agreed. Any of them. Yeah. Uh, you know, but the reason I, I put Lamar Jackson in there is his playmaking ability. Yes. And Abert has, is Herbert, I keep saying Abert like Bobby Abert, but Herbert has that same ability uh, in a agreed. different way with the arm, but he can move. I mean, he's just an incredible and, and fun. That's the thing about, Herbert and and, and 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 Lamar Jackson is they're fun to watch. That Prescott can be fun when he uses his legs, but he's kind of starting to become more of a pocket passer. Yeah, listen, Prescott, listen, this is one of those things that when you it's one of those situations where you say, is so-and-so a top five quarterback? Oh yeah, well, is so-and-so a top five quarterback? Yeah. And by the time you're done mentioning 10 names, somehow miraculously they're all top five quarterbacks. Exactly. So so at some point you have to use discretion when you when you list these things out. So what I like about your question was, here's the top 10 that came out of this poll. If Lamar Jackson is a top 10 quarterback, who are you throwing off this list? And I think you and I have said we've got at least four or five guys. We would easily throw out any one of them and replace them with Lamar Jackson. Like, look, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I would trade uh, Josh Allen for Lamar Jackson. No way I would do that. Would I trade Prescott for Lamar Jackson? Yes. Would I trade... um, uh, Matthew Stafford for Lamar Jackson. Yes. yes. Oh, yeah. Right? I, think, I, I don't even think it's a close Super Bowl game if it's Lamar Jackson as a quarterback. You know, Matthew Stafford's an old statue who's able – I mean, I'm not a Matthew Stafford fan because uh, his name now is going to be talked about as we see in this top ten list. I'm like, no, no. Longevity – I mean, let's put Dave Craig in the Hall of Fame then, you know? No, no. Well, listen, <laughs> the one thing you can't take away from Matt Stafford is he's still got that rocket arm. Oh, so, yeah, he's got so, a gun So he could still z- sling it. Yeah. So, I mean, you got to give him credit where credit is due. He's got right, one of the strongest right. arms in the NFL. But to your point, yeah, if you're telling me who's in the top ten, yeah, Lamar Jackson's a top ten. I, I, it, it befuddles me. It's like the only thing I can fault Lamar Jackson for quite honestly, is that he needs to be in a very specific type of offense from what we've seen so far. But John, that's what I love about him is you are absolutely right. His first year, second year growing. Yes. But that's why I love him because he says, I got to learn how to stay in the pocket more, you yeah. know, and, and he's not dumb kid. He'll realize I'm getting older. He, I mean, what I'm saying is last year was an injury riddled year. He's extremely uh, intellectual in the sense of his body himself and his beliefs. So I'm sure he sees the fact that 
He needs to become more of a pocket passer. So I agree with you, but I also think he has the ability to adapt and learn. I don't want to say any offense, but transition. No different than Brett Favre. No different than Steve Young. Uh, my fear is he becomes a, a Michael Vick doesn't learn, or Randall Cunningham, they don't learn how to become pocket passers as they get older and injuries end up uh, dooming them, you yeah. know? Yeah, uh, like, okay. but I said, that's the only reason I would have dinged him. But like by ding, I mean, you don't put him at five, you put him at seven. You know, like that sort, exactly. of, that's, that sort of dinging. But I mean, yeah, like to me, it's ridiculous that he's- Okay, I, I may have asked, but before we move on then, who's your number one? I'm just, I said, I'm just, I, like it's between Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and- Gotta give one. Oh man, this is a toying. Uh, I might go with um, Josh Allen, just because he's a bigger quarterback, and I think he can still like he could still he could still put his head down and be a fullback if he wants to. Right now, right. now where Patrick Mahomes comes out on top, I think is he's a better passer than yeah. than than. I want to say better passer. He's a more accurate gunslinger yeah. and the reason right. i say that there's a difference is uh patrick mahomes is not your traditional uh uh pocket qb right. or even right. rushing qb i mean he's a true gunslinger but unlike brett Favre, who we would look at all those interceptions every year patrick mahomes is on point so i would say he's a better passer than josh allen but josh allen uh uh, uh actually I, I mean i'd give the mahomes over allen simply put he's one ring my number one Tom Brady, not because I'm a Tom Brady fan, because I'm not. I was never a Patriots fan. I was always one of the ones, whatever, whatever team is playing the Patriots, I'm going for that other team. Right. But Tom Brady has seven rings, and there's no accident. That's so, not a blue. I, I don't rings. disagree with you. I don't disagree with you. Oh, seven rings and what, 10 Super Bowl appearances? Yeah. We're, yeah. we're like, you and I, it's, I don't want to say it's safe to say, but the likelihood of you and I in our lifetime seeing somebody duplicate 10 Super Bowls, it's probably not going to happen. All right. We're at, we're at an hour, five minutes, uh, but we got a very short topic here. Uh, Starbucks is closing 16 stores. People are going a little political. We hope you enjoy the sports version. Let's get down and dirty. 16 Starbucks are closing. They are in blue states and blue urban cities. Is this a sign of what happens when you defund the police, when you go full-blown leftist in these cities, that Starbucks, who is a big leftist-promoting corporation, that even they're going, we're out of here. Explain to us, uh, uh, Big John, your thoughts and kind of what's happened to you. Well, the 16 store closings are due to, the. this is according to the company, uh, safety reasons, meaning that they're worried about the safety of both their employees and their customers at these specific 16 locations. Now, bear in mind, in the US, I think Starbucks, I read, has nearly 9,000 locations. So these 16, by any metric, are a drop in the water. So, so I think while it's easy to start drawing conclusions, it's just 16 out of 9,000. So, uh, let's John, I, I agree with you. This is a drop in the bucket. But the ramifications of where the store. Well, that's I was going to say, store. like the 16 stores are across five cities and those five cities are Seattle, L.A., Philly, uh, D.C. and Portland, Oregon. Right. So all of them, without a doubt, uh, what, what would be termed as liberal leftist. Ultra leftist ultra yeah. Leftist. Yeah. None of them are anywhere near neutral or, or red. Right. So um, 
Now, is the result that they're closing because of them being leftist? I, I look, I don't know. My the inclination is to say yes. Oh no, no. I I, I would say politics has nothing to do with their decision to close it. Crime has everything to do with their decision. Yeah, listen, look look, first of all, if you're looking at increases in crime and stuff, then I'm surprised New York isn't on that list, you know, that given how many, given that there's one Starbucks on top of every other one in Manhattan, for example. Well, aren't they all within office buildings or most of them? Well, that's what I'm saying. No, a lot of them are, you have both that are in the tall buildings and also on the street corners. But literally in Manhattan, if you're on the corner of, say, 35th Street and you cross the street to 36th Street, you'll see two Starbucks there. They are literally within a hundred feet of each other. And you say to yourself, how can they sustain that business? Right. But they do somehow, right. That's their business model. So my point is I'm surprised New York isn't on that list and New York has had a sharp increase in crime and things like that. So it's a little bit, so it's sort of like the gun control good thing, point. right? Yeah, like, you know, very good point. Yeah. New York is a crime ridden area right now. Yeah, and it's we're reverting to it's cyclical. We're we're now reliving the 1970s of my youth yeah. in New York City, right? That's so right. it's to me, if you've lived long enough in New York City, like I have, these are cycles that come and go. Every 25 years, you have a complete shift, right? That's because politics. People yeah, and it just seems to be human. It, it seems to be human nature, right? When I tell kids about how horrible the seventies were and the killings and the muggings and all that, they've never experienced it. Their parents likely haven't experienced it, so they're like, "Nah, you're just trying to scare us and stuff." But you know, there's a reason all those, like Dirty Harry movies, like in L.A., um, all the seventies uh, from the seventies, from the seventies, all oh, the yeah. Death Witch movies, right? Yeah. Like all those things, the Warriors. These were all New but, York. Yeah. But but John, you're bringing. I mean, all those movies were birthed because of crime and er, high Absolutely. crime in urban. And yet, every single one of those movies, I guarantee you, a generation extra probably outside of the, the Dirty Harry movies, they don't know what you're talking about. Right. We're the we're the last generation that lived through that as kids, right? For the most yeah. part, Generation X. You're absolutely right. So, to that extent, I don't know how much of this. I think it's just cyclical, but it is. Well, it doesn't matter what it is. It, it, is, it can lead you to that conclusion. And again, mathematically, I have to be honest. There's no statistical significance to 16 stores now. Right. This is purely political. The ramifications exactly. are political. Exactly. And these are, in political terms, those 9,000 stores, politically speaking, they're all shut down right now. Yeah. Meaning that's the ramifications of this story politically. Yeah. Now, to, to try to be fair on a little bit here, I wouldn't necessarily categorize Starbucks as a completely leftist organization for one reason. They are anti-union. <laughs> so Dave Schultz, who's their CEO for the third go-round, yeah, <laughs> right. Um, now listen, uh, I know, I think I know what you're going to say, but let me finish. No, no, no. Uh, say it because I'm always interrupting you by saying, yeah. "What am yeah. I going to say?" Um, I was going to say, Dave, this is his third go-round as CEO. They've called him back to try to right the ship. So yes, he's done a lot of what might be considered progressive business things like listen to the employees try to make things safer right know. on the cup remember all that yeah all, all that stuff right so they got that um but when it came to unionization before he became ceo he went around and talked to employees and everywhere he went he said okay we're going to try to make things better but i really wish you would not unionize like you should not be joining a union and he actually gave a little bit of a threat because he said if you unionize 
I am not sure we can guarantee you benefits. Meaning, you unionize, we'll find a way to get rid of you. Right, right. right. That, that's and, and, sort of the implication. Right, right. Which is right. not a leftist position. That's a business position, right? And, and that's my whole point. So what am I going to say? I was going to say he's still a leftist. I think you're going to say he's still a leftist. It's just that he's, he's looking still, out for the yes. bottom line. He's, he's looking out for the leftist. bottom line. Yeah. But, and you're right. He's looking at the bottom line, but he's still a hardcore leftist. Amazon. Uh, there were startups, business, those, those online magazines. There were a few in New York that did unionize and went out of business like a week or two later after they had been warned, if you go union, we ain't got the money to support out there. Yeah, so yeah. every business is anti-union. That's the one thing that has no political bearing, as off, as weird as that sounds, uh, because every leftist corporation is anti-union. It's an accepted fact. And so, so that does not change the paradigm of what Starbucks is. Is that the right way to use the word? It doesn't change who Starbucks is. Um, yeah. Leftist organization because Amazon, uh, uh, Starbucks, every big corporation is anti-union. That's just a fact of life leftists have learned to live with. But when they say, see an opportunity, they jump on it, much to yeah. their own self-defeat. Well, it, it is and it isn't to their self-defeat. I mean, <clears throat> I understand the appeal of a union, especially if you're a company made up of low-wage earners, right? Low-wage workers. Um, the problem is that people who take those positions are typically not people who understand how economics works, so or, or they don't understand how businesses work. Like, they think that everybody deserves an equal share of everything, you know, and that's simply not the case. Um, unions themselves are predatory. They're exclusionary. People think that unions are great, but guess what? As we found out with every union that's still around, and most unions have been, look, unionization in the U.S. has taken a steep decline. It's never rebounded to its pre-Reagan era levels. Like Reagan, right. if people remember, is the one who put put the fork in the unions, right? Starting with the air, air traffic controllers, and then every other union um, got busted, not by the Reagan administration, but just because people said, we don't need unions anymore, you know, right? And, and kudos to Reagan, because he was told by all his advisors, don't do this, don't do this. Yeah. All, all, all except one. Which one? Oh, Milton Friedman. Right. The only one that mattered, by the way, right. and, and when it came to economic issues. So anyway, my point is that unionization has had has been falling steadily. It, it sort of blipped up a little bit in recent years, but not a lot. Um, but my point being that Unions, for the most part, people don't realize. They say, oh, wow, they're fighting for, for the work. No, this is what they're doing. They are protecting the jobs and wage earnings of few people at the cost of other people. So when you say, for example, uh, oh, wow, the teachers union protects teachers. No, what the teachers union does is it protects its members. Try right. being a teacher who wants to teach at a school who refuses to join a union. Like, it can't be done. They, it, like it's almost impossible, right? Um, because that's not what unions are about, and they're not about the children. No matter what Randy Weingarten says, it's not about the kids. It's about their members. And listen, from that perspective, they're right. They're an organization that exists to benefit their dues-paying members. That's all there is right. to it, right? right? The, what I find as a libertarian to be objectionable is that unions have preferential government treatment, meaning yes. the, N, uh, the NRLB, right? The National, National Labor Relations Board. Right, NLRB. I, I, I got it backwards. I had right? to say yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. 
those guys, you know, like, why do they need to certify anything? Why is the government getting involved? Like, if a, if a union wants to form, I've got no problem with private unions. And if they present the business case to the corporation that says, hey, we're better off. And listen, there might be cases where if you've got 2000 workers, it might be beneficial to the business owner to say, I don't have to deal with 2000 individual contracts. That's right. Right. If they present me an offer that says all of our members agree to X and you won't have any issues and we'll provide skilled laborers, productive laborers. Maybe if I'm a story, all right, I don't want to deal with 2000 separate contracts. Police unions make a sense like that. Right. Or, 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 or like large. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. We have a, out here in San Diego, John, it's a nightmare. Like, uh, that's why when people, you don't blindly do anything. You don't blindly defund the police as one big block mo movement. And you don't support the police like one big block supporting because the union, police unions have pretty much uh, uh, helped bankrupt San Diego at, at times. They're no different than a regular union in terms of how much we're putting into these individuals and fire men are this fight the, the i have no love for unions and i get sick and tired when i get the guilt complex whether it's a teacher a fireman or 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 or, or a policeman you know i in panama i am so damn pro-union because they're so corrupt there are no unions they block it off in the states i'm so anti-union because they've become so corrupt and my biggest uh, comment that I always make on the unions. The unions were so great for America. Why did the 70s see the complete exodus of manufacturing overseas? I'm not saying that was right, that they, they should have left, but it was a massive exodus of taking jobs out of the country because it could be done cheaper elsewhere. Well, you know, that's I think China's become a national right. power was because of the part of the reason is because of unions here driving jobs over there. Now, that said, those wages they pay over China that, 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 that or Panama, it's horrific. That's why they need unions. But my point is, it's just like everything else in life. It starts out with noble purposes, just like every politician with his first uh, campaign, and they all become corrupt. Oh, I disagree. I don't think unions ever started with a noble purpose, because I think it was a noble purpose fed to its members. Oh, I don't know, John. I mean, they, the, 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 the Ford factory was using children, you know? They were using Listen, child labor. if you talk to a lot of libertarian thinkers, and I plan to have some more on my interview show, um, very few have objections to child labor if it's if it's if it's not forced if it's not coerced because listen nah, nah. i'll, I'll tell you listen first, uh, i've seen child labor in panama you know i i, see, I but mean, the alternative would be that they're starving william right and i don't want to no, get too deep no, into no, it no, no, like no, i mean no, but, i disagree i can't argue the point fully because i'm not as well versed yeah but <laughs> if they're starving is one thing but if there's a child odds are there's some parents somewhere yeah. So, so you're looking at it. Uh, I understand starving coming from third world country. Yeah, I do. But I don't understand the starving is an excuse for child labor if there's other labor. But you're right. We're way off topic here. Uh, your final comment on Starbucks. And do you think this can send a signal to some of the more moderate people who may be Democrat, Republican going, look, we just can't. We, we got to get back to some kind of normalcy. Or no. do you think it's just a passing story? No, I think it's it, it's a story that isn't very impactful. But anything you might draw out of it is not going to encourage any sort of moderation. I think it's going to encourage more polarization. Like, I think there's going to be Republicans like you, or, or, or I should say Republicans who align with your ideology, who will say, see, 
that's what happens when you have blue states. That's when you have Soros-funded DAs. You know, you'll 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 hear the list of reasons. But we, but we can back it up, though. That's for, the key here. But my but point is, right. it, it doesn't right. matter, it right? Advance. It won't right. advance the argument. Yeah, and yeah. from the liberal side, they'll justly point out, look, it's just 16, and look at New York. It's not happening in New York. They no story. Never point it out. John, no, but I'm saying ignore it. <laughs> but but what I'm saying is, they can very easily say, how come? Look, if it's all because of crime, how come it? No store closings in Chicago. How come no store closings in New York? Well, well, it depends where those stores are at. See, see, to me, I don't let people get away with that. I go, so where the stores at? No, I'm just and telling you. That ends the argument. Yeah. No, no. When you said where the stores at, none yeah. of the store closings occurred in Chicago or New York. No, no, no. But where? So, for example, how many Starbucks does 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 the are, are there in the South Side? Yeah. How many Starbucks are in Harlem? How many Starbucks are in higher crime in the barrios? I'm not saying there aren't, but I'm saying that's the type of data you actually need to make that informed decision. So I never let anybody get past first base on an argument like that. No, but, and look, at the same time, someone could say like, okay, what about the 9,000 that are still open, right? But I mean, my point is, your point was, is there any moderation that comes from this? And my answer is no. What's going to come from it is whether you find it valid or not, what you're doing right now is... The people on the left are going to say it's bullshit, pardon my French. And then the people on the right are going to say, no, you're wrong because it's the result of liberal policies, right? So here's that's all I'm saying. Wrong. No, no, here's why you're wrong and right. You're right on the surface, but this Starbucks falls right into place. Boom, boom, with just the inflation, the high gas prices, the high crime, Walgreens closing, now Starbucks. So I, this this has more impact as part of the story than a standalone. And that type of impact is found at the kitchen table. Why they call it kitchen politics when the parents mean they don't look at the Starbucks. It's just Starbucks is part of the businesses closing, you know, crime rising. But, but that wasn't your question. Your question was, will, will no, no, my question was, how will, will this impact? Uh, uh, or will it just be a story that goes into the night? Okay, I, I'm sorry. I thought you asked me if this will cause people to be more moderate and get back to being reasonable, as opposed to. Well, that's part of it, and, 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 and I don't. Th- so right I don't think it's going to make people more reasonable. I think it's going to polarize people, but I, but its overall impact is going to fall in line with whatever the economy is doing. So, to your point, if we start seeing a lot of these chains closing, whether it's McDonald's, Burger King, Walmart, CVS, whatever. If these sort of neighborhood sort of things start closing and they're coming in the big cities as well, um, yeah, it falls into the overall overall thing of inflation, uh, a, a decelerated same, economy. Bother their safety and police safety. And this goes back to 2020 and that talk of defund the police. And because this is crime, right. this is drug use too. A lot of those Starbucks, I didn't know this until I saw a segment before we came on. There's drug users. I guess they created some of the Starbucks created like little safe spaces, not for drug well, users. Well, or- part of the reason is also they had they reversed their policy in 2018 to allow yeah. their bathrooms to be public bathrooms. And that that was because because of uh, the incident in Philadelphia with two black men who wanted to use a bathroom. Center right. But, but then the, what the closest out, Big John, yeah. is is this, my final statement is this isn't going to be polarizing because the left just ignores all this all the time. It's not going to polarize anybody. It's going to be the right saying, see, we told you so. And we have the data and the left just going to ignore it. The people it's going to affect are the people who are actually being affected by the economy right now. Meaning, as I said earlier, it's just part of the whole framework of the story that's being built in their heads. You know, it's not just about long gas 
lines. It, it's about when you're sitting in that gas line and you're thinking about the situation at hand. And it's just all these incidents, all these stories uh, going through your head, whether you're watching TV, whether you're having a conversation with your wife. It's, you're not thinking, there's usually not one incident that you can point to. You just know your wallet's flatter. You know, your gas is hot. You know, what, what I'm trying to say is it's just it's just this big fog of war, this big haze. Well, it's, it's a general malaise. Story. Yeah, it's called, it's, it's called an economic malaise, and you're absolutely yeah. right. It's, yeah. it's, it's exactly right. Like, when people get the feeling that things are going well, they don't care about specifics. And when they get the feeling that things are going bad, they don't care about specifics. You're absolutely right. Like, so to the extent that it's specifically Starbucks, well, that, no. Is it the, does it contribute to the overall feeling of like, we're going to hell in a handbasket? Maybe, but I could tell you like here in New York, I could tell you right now, the people who are still living in New York, you try to bring up any of this to them, like, Oh, we don't. New York's kind of like... No, know, but I'm saying, like, as a, as a New Yorker, right? Someone yeah. who's lived here. I still have tons of... I've moved to the suburbs, but my friends all live in Manhattan, you know, for the most part. Or, or the Bronx or Queens, you know, one of the five boroughs. You and, know, my final point... I was going to say, you I was going to say, you talk to them, they're telling you, hey, New York's great. I have no problem with it. It's, yeah, it's fine. That, tell that to all the people getting killed. Is my my my? No, I don't disagree with you. But like that. Uh, I I don't look at it as Starbucks closing, John. Just because you made a point in the sense, I look at it as part of the whole. Yeah, the overall. Yeah. Because yeah. I look at the Walgreens and then yeah. I look at the others, and to me, this is just like I'm. It just Starbucks has kind of made it more ironic, you know, considering how left they've been with yeah. everything since 2020. Yeah. Anyway, John, final words on tonight's podcast. Yeah, we were all over the place, but at least we got some sports in this time out. So that's good. Um, yeah, look, it, I think it's a great uh, conversation again today. And obviously, we want people to come back and back. So join us again next week is what I got to say for points on the board with myself, Big John and my partner. William Del Pilar. And you can check out all our work at sportsgrumblings.com. Fired up the political po podcast. The big questions with Big John, the great interview process where we find a lot of things out ranging from blockchain gaming to the Second Amendment. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and I'm missing a oh, our Points on the Board podcast. So America, thank you for tuning in. Make sure you share this and we shall see you all next week. Later.